Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Roman Loyola. I'm joined by, on the East Coast, Mike Simon, staff writer. The snowy East Coast. The snowy East Coast. And then in studio, I have Dan Masuoka, our Ooh, producer. I got to remember this time. I oh, changed I it up this yeah. time. <laughs> I feel special. And uh, uh, joining me are, is uh, staff writer Jason Cross. Hi, Jason. Hello. He's in the studio this week. That's a nice change of pace. So uh, I've been out for a month. So I know there was a show. We did one show this year so far. Uh, and then we skipped last week because... People play. weren't in the office. The People were it. sick. Yeah. It was kind of a mess. So <laughs> we didn't weren't able to broadcast last week. So we, we have a little bit of catching up to do in terms of topics. One of the main topics we want to cover is uh, a topic that's kind of important regarding uh, CPU vulnerability called Meltdown Inspector. So I've been kind of – I was out with the flu – so I've been kind of out of it, and so if Mike Simon, who's been on top of the whole meltdown inspector uh, issue, can you give us the lowdown on, on what what Spectre and meltdown is, and then we could talk about how it affects Apple users, why people watching this podcast should be concerned about meltdown inspector. Well, I mean, the, the concerns are, in my opinion, relatively small, but we'll we'll get into that. Uh, Meltdown Inspector, they're, they're, um, they're CPU flaws. And there's two different types. One affects largely PCs, which is Meltdown, and one affects mostly mobile devices, which is Spectre. In Apple's case, though, uh, Meltdown Inspector affect iPhones equally, maybe? I mean, they, they haven't quite told us how worse or better one is, but Meltdown and Spectre both affect iPhones and um, they both affect Macs as well because of the way Safari works and the way their operating systems work and the way their chips work. But the risk here is it's very small. It's more of a problem for the chip makers in the sense that they, they're going to have to kind of go back and, and, you know, Apple included because they do make their own chips, their own A-series chips for iPhones and iPads and in a, in a smaller capacity Macs. Um, they're going to have to go back and look at the way they um, – they work with the operating system. So in a, in a nutshell, what's been going on is um, over the past uh, 10 or so years, as chips got faster and faster and faster with the way they work, and Jason, correct me if I'm wrong here because you understand technical things like this way more than I do, but they um, they kind of try to guess what you're going to do. Yeah. So if you're... What it is is it's a, it's a feature called speculative execution. Right. And basically every chip, even in a single core, has multiple execution units. And it's a waste to have them just sitting there waiting for their part, the, the previous parts of the program to run till they need to be used. So sometimes if they go, well, I need to run this algorithm on either A or B. I don't know what it is yet. The, the, the program hasn't determined that yet. I'm just going to do both. While I'm sitting here doing nothing, I'll just do both. And then when it gets to that part and I know whether it's A or B, I'll just throw away the, the other one, the work I didn't do. And that's what they're exploiting is there's in that short frame of time when they're both still in existence in the operating systems kernel, you can read that and copy it. And that exploit has allowed them to essentially read anything in any of the memory on that system, the whole right. virtual other virtual machines, anything. And that uh, can include passwords and credit card information and, you know, some sensitive data, depending on what's being done. It could be any done. of that stuff. Yeah, they can yeah. read all that. They can't modify it. 
but right. all they have to do is copy it somewhere, right? Right. Uh, the good the good security thing is, in order to do that, they have to run a malicious program on your system. So antivirus, right. and they have to have access to the system to run these malicious programs and stuff. And the the flaw is that for years, PC makers and phone makers, they just assumed that that information was being discarded immediately. And it mm -hmm. turns out that it's not. I mean, we're talking about seconds and milliseconds here, but still, it's there long enough where, as Jason says, a malicious app that was installed on your machine, which is, again, a very low risk. But if somebody mm -hmm. wants to do this, that app could, could trigger itself constantly and it would grab, you know, within seconds, the information that is being stored a little bit longer than it should be. Right. And those apps are would be super easy to write. Yeah. Like once you can run them on somebody's machine, once you get over that hurdle, any script kitty could access all kinds of really bad right. stuff. And you wouldn't really know that it's running because it's silent right. and it's in the background there's, and it's not. And there's no, no, no true right. fix because it's it's the heart the way the hardware is designed right. is the problem. So they can do stuff in the operating system and it has to be done in the browsers for the Spectre stuff because mm -hmm. uh, JavaScript can yep. be exploited for this. But um, the, they can do stuff to make it a higher bar to clear, harder for these programs to be run on your computer, right. but they cannot stop this flaw fundamentally from existing yeah. like they can so, other software things. Right. So Apple has released um, what they're calling mitigations, mm -hmm. which makes it you know, increasingly and exponentially harder for attackers to get at that information on your system. And that's come out in... Um, Mac OS uh, High Sierra 13.2.2, I believe, maybe 0.1. 10.13.2 has is the Mac OS that has it. Um, and iOS 11.2.2 as well. Right. 11.2 was the fixes for Spectre. That was, and then right, that was before 0.2.2 added uh, the, a Safari and WebKit update. Yes. Uh, 11.2 was released. That was that affected um, or, or that mitigated meltdown. That was before we even heard about this thing. They mm -hmm. were already working on it for months and months and months before the news leaked yeah. about it. Right. So this is uh, I meant to say before I, I was such in a rush to jump into topics. I forgot to mention <laughs> that, you know, we're live. Yes. And if, if we have uh, any viewers have questions or comments, our producer, Dan, will be uh, fielding those and yeah. we'll. Chime in with your questions or comments. So let us know what you guys think, if you have any questions about any of the topics that we're talking about. It's, well, it's important if you've got a Mac that you don't just oper update the operating system. You update Safari, which right. has to be 11.0.2 or later, uh, and your other browsers. If you use Chrome, there's not a yes. fix yet for Chrome. It's coming later this month. Um, but Firefox has been fixed, so update your Firefox browser um, because... That that is an avenue for attack that really needs. That's probably the most going to be the most common avenue for attack if someone tries to exploit one. Of and these. that is a question that Enlightened Up had on Twitter: is what browser is currently safe instead of Safari? Firefox has been yeah. updated, uh, and then Chrome has a, a, a feature called like site. Uh, what is it? Site isolation or something like that that you have to go in and enable, which will help. But they've got a fix coming in the next version of Chrome, which I think is scheduled for like the 25th or 26th of January. So Chrome is not 
totally none of them are going to be totally safe but mitigations they At don't the right. moment, chrome's yeah. mitigations haven't uh, shipped yet and enlighten up also asks what about clicks browser i'm not familiar with that one i'm not familiar clicks. with it either. either you'd have to check their site and make sure yeah. but uh, unless they are piggybacking on someone else's javascript engine uh, then i would definitely not assume that it's updated on iphones um you can have other browsers on iPhones, but they all have to use Apple's WebKit rendering engine. So, so as long as you've got that 11.2.2 update, okay, you're good. So phones that have been updated are, are fine. Phones and iPads. Yeah, uh, yeah as yes. long as you've got 11.2.2. 11.2.2, uh, yeah. The, um, the bigger issue here is that there is a performance um, of, uh, effect. on mm-hmm. um, once, you, once these medications are implemented it does impact your performance however slight um because of the way you know the, the reason why that these chips were doing the, the, the reason why those flaws exist because they're working so fast so essentially they're you know they're slowing them down apple says a couple percent mm-hmm. and um i ran uh, my own benchmarks which is very unscientific i just use geekbench 4 on, on an iphone 6 which was is pretty slow to begin with. It, it definitely needs a new battery, and I have to get to the Apple Store to fix that. <laughs> but um, when I when I ran the benchmarks, it was um, you know about about two and a half percent less the scores that I received, but not something that I noticed on a day to day or a, you know app to app basis. It's you know it feels the same as it did before. But there are some people online who are reporting upwards of forty percent, which seems like it could be a problem with the phone itself. Yeah, but, I saw those yeah. reports and I I was yeah. questioning. They didn't go into a lot of their methodology, like was it fully charged and plugged in both times or right. what was the battery at and stuff like that. I mean, there's some, it sounds like it's the battery issue and it's it does, yeah. being triggered in a way that it wasn't before. But um, just looking at what the benchmark, which benchmarks are slower and by how much, it really seems mm-hmm. exactly like the battery thing and not the... Yeah, but you, you, I mean, your phone will, shouldn't see a massive decrease, and if it does, there's a couple of things that we wrote about yesterday. You can you can restart. There's a couple of settings in Safari you can you can mess with if there's issues there. But the biggest thing you should do if you have an older phone, iPhone seven or iPhone six, is uh, replace a battery because that's going to probably fix any performance slowdowns that you're seeing is mm-hmm. most likely related to that rather than Spectre or uh, Meltdown. Have you, did you only benchmark your phone, or did you also benchmark your laptop? Uh, my laptop is not on High Sierra, unfortunately. Okay. Don't don't yell at me. <laughs> I I benchmarked my iMac, which is on High Sierra, and and it was uh, the JavaScript tests in Safari are like two percent slower, or something like that, and then other stuff really isn't measurably slower. It's all kind of within the margin of errors. Because I know so. Gordon on PC World was benchmarking. Uh, on the Windows side, mm-hmm. I think yeah, one of his tests surface. got like a yeah, like a thirty percent hit. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Something so. uh, yeah. things that do a whole bunch of really small memory reads of the mm-hmm. right kind uh, will be hit like that. Uh, this is older Intel processors and yeah. older operating systems like Windows Seven and stuff, and um, Intel processors from like four years ago get really hammered by the meltdown fix. They really get hurt uh, mm-hmm. considerably. Should I go back to a PowerPC Mac? Is that, that sure. a solution? 
No problem, Sarah, right? Uh, I might want to. Actually, I don't even know. Yeah, no one, no one any... would know that, really. Presumably, they would because, I mean, this has been going on for, for years and years and years and years. So Yeah. They would at I mean, least, it might at least be subject to Spectre, if yeah. not Meltdown, but... But you can't run I mean, any of the newer operating yeah. systems. They, your operating system would be insecure for a lot of other reasons. <laughs> so I would not recommend that. Is it based on how many cores as well or not really? Not really. Not core um, yeah, speculative execution all happens within a single core. There's usually three or four execution units within a core that break after the microcode is broken, broken down that kind of run things at once. Yeah, it's basically a, a fundamental flaw in the way it works, right? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily as many cores. It's just yeah, it's it's what they call a failure of imagination. It's one of those <laughs> things where like they didn't think that it just never occurred to anybody right. designing a processor that this could be a problem exploited yeah. in this way. Right, and, and there's it's also in the no hardware, man. There's no evidence of this actually being exploited by anybody. No. This is all theoretical. Like it could be. Yeah, there's a so bunch of really scary looking like test programs researchers have right. run, but they're like, but this has to run locally on your computer and any antivirus or, you know, check would, would find this, <laughs> you know. So the, the real interesting thing is what happens with the next generation of chips, Apple's mm-hmm. A12 and Intel's um, Coffee Lake or whatever it's called, yeah. because presumably those are already being fabricated. So like... Will they have fixes to the architecture, or is it just yeah. going to be the mitigation stuff? I, I, I got to doubt anything coming out in 2018 is way too right. far along in the design process. You would think so, yeah. Yeah, the question is, can they, can they design chips that do speculative execution in a way that is secured against this stuff? Yeah, uh, in the future, without and still uh, keeps keeps the the speeds. Yeah, that we're, or that we're accustomed cost, to. Cost you know another hundred million transistors yeah. worth of die space or something. So I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. I agree. Any other questions? Uh, there is a question earlier from Enlighten Up that was uh, targeted towards Roman. And it was, uh, did you get your iPhone mount for Christmas that you asked for? <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did not get an iPhone mount for Christmas. Uh, so. so you were a bad boy the last yeah, year. Yeah, I wasn't you, very, okay. I wasn't good. So uh, coincidentally. Unrelated, unrelated to the iPhone mount, but related to my iPhone. So I went to China, and I had my iPhone 10 with me, and it was fine. And then I got home, and I don't remember dropping it or anything, uh-huh. but uh, my touchscreen now, it'll work, and then it suddenly goes unresponsive. Ooh. So, for instance, like Face ID will work and it'll unlock and then it'll say swipe to unlock and I'll swipe and I'll swipe and I'll swipe and I'll swipe and, I'll swipe and it never unlocks. Oh, oh that's weird. Yeah, yeah. So, and if if it does work, like there was one instance where uh, I come back from, I was home, but I was sick. So, I was, and I was checking our Slack for here at work. Yeah. And I was typing a message to my boss, John Phillips. And then my free, my screen froze. Or, or the touch was unresponsive, so I couldn't finish typing my message to oh, message to John, no. and it wasn't doing anything. And you have no home button. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, right. I was pushing all these buttons to get it to work, and nothing was happening. So I had to go put that down, and then like find 
somewhere else to finish my message. That sounds a lot like the cold weather bug they had, except it hasn't it does, been that yeah. cold. That's what I thought, because it was really cold in China, but it didn't happen to me in China. Right. Was like, at one point, uh, you know, just to get an idea of how cold it was, I was at the Great Wall, and our, our tour guide said it was negative 7 degrees Celsius. Oh. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So that's like that's 15 degrees. Yeah, it's like 15 yeah. degrees or something. It was really Ooh. cold. And, uh, yeah, that's cold. But my phone worked fine there. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I, I must have dropped it or something. I don't. Something happened. and then You have a case, though. I do have a case on it. Oh. I actually bought even a new case in China yeah. with a dragon on it. Maybe it's, it's like incompatible. So, yeah, maybe, yeah. But yeah, you bought a special case that the Chinese government gave <laughs> yes. you to hack your phone. Right. Yeah. So now I have a genius appointment for Sunday, and I'm using my old iPhone for now. Is it but, like, if can you bring, it's just random, so you can't control and be like, look, I'm at the iPhone store, it's not responsive, look, and it's going to work perfectly when you're there. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's exactly. going to be the mechanic That's, thing. No, it makes this noise when I'm not here. Right. Yeah. I think what I'm going to have to do is like, go to the mall early and try and get my phone to break before right. my appointment. <laughs> and then so you can show. See, yeah. it doesn't work anymore. So Does using it for long periods of time exasperate the problem? Like when it's on, when the screen's on longer? No. I've tried, I, I've, oh. what's actually happened to me, it's, it's, I've tried to figure out a pattern. I can't figure out a pattern. Yeah. There have been times when it just won't work on the off, onset. But there will also be times when it'll work, and then it'll go for like an hour working fine, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore, and I have to let it sit for like a half an hour before and I can get turning it to work the screen like off and then on again with the with the side button doesn't fix it. No, okay. I'll, I'll, most of the times what happens is I'll turn it off and then turn it on, and then face ID, like I said, Face ID will work. But the touch screen still. But the touch screen won't work. Yeah. Are so, you on eleven point two point two or not yet? I am on eleven. Two two, yeah. I okay. thought at first that maybe it was the up the yeah. uh, update. No, so, that sounds like a straight up like you got it, a weird hardware right. flaw. Then I figured yeah. it like it's there's a weird there's a sketchy connection to right. the digitizer somewhere. Something like that. So yeah. I like I said, I probably dropped it and didn't realize. You were really. also telling me that your phone gets like weirdly hot. You did say that when you yeah. first got it. When I first new, got it, yeah. And I think maybe that overheated a connection and made it loose it's or something possible. like that because yeah. so. I mean my phone gets as warm as any iPhone does when you use it a lot yeah. but not not so much that I'd go wow my phone gets hot and yeah, saying, my, no my phone gets hot I noticed that my phone got gets hot so that's probably it, that might have something you to got a bit you yeah. got bad hardware yeah. Yeah. No, one, you need a new no one no one is chiming up in chat so I'm gonna say that you're alone on this <laughs> I'm alone no one yeah. else has had this but problem maybe, maybe your body heat is just so hot you give off so much you know, it's possible. <laughs> I do run hot. It's possible. So it's it's yeah. I do run hot. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw that theory out. So, <laughs> anyways, I know that I was somewhat. That's unrelated to my issues and we'll getting have to follow up phone out, after you so. get a fix or what the what they do. Yeah. So I suspect they'll just give me a new phone. I, I do have Apple Care. So. Are you, you going to bust out that? You know, I work for MacWorld, right? <laughs> Well, you're you're well within your uh, warranty. Yeah, he just just came out so, in November. But uh, I've never busted out the I because uh, I have known. Do you know who I am? Former, <laughs> I'm the Filipino Wolverine. 
I have known past employees who have done that oh. and have, and gotten blank stares. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's the worst. Yeah. That would like, be even worse. Like, either, yeah, <laughs> you don't know whether that means I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know what MacWorld is, or that's supposed to impress me. Yeah. Kind of. So, yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I never pull that card out. I never pull that card out because <laughs> it also implies that I'm supposed to know better. Right. So <laughs> there's a two. I mean, I mean, what do you really expect them to do? Are they going to be like, oh, hold on, sir. I'll be right, right back. Right. Yeah. Oh, excuse <laughs> me. I'm going to put the red carpet out for you. Sorry. So, no, I, yeah, it doesn't work. Uh, anyways, uh, speaking of iPhones, uh, the New York Times has come out with an article uh, about iPhone addiction. Mm. So, and I What's know, not addictive? It's not addictive. What, I don't, what is addictive? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they said iPhone addiction, but really anything they were talking about is phone addiction. Right, right, right. It's just yeah. that the typical... I always gets the, the right. label here, but yeah. The yeah, iPhone exactly. is kind of synonymous with... It's like saying Kleenex for tissue or yeah. iPhone mm-hmm. for smartphone. and So, um, but Apple is working on parental... Didn't they recently announce that they're working on parental controls for for the kind next of. iOS or something kind like that? Kind of, yeah. yeah. They're kind of a solution. They, did, they didn't call them parental controls. They didn't right. say parental controls. They said they were working on increasing uh, uh, iOS's something or other. Yeah. yeah. But it stopped short of saying we're coming out with parental controls for right. So but they, that's not even what this New York Times article is saying. They, I mean, they, th- those seem to be two different issues. That right. kind of yeah. sort of kind of like combined into one. So, what the art? Could you talk about what the New York Times article is is, is talking about? I, I briefly skimmed it, so I don't feel like it's fair for me to give me a, to give it a good summary. If, if so, you so can, Roman, uh, you loved it or you hated? It? Were they wrong or were they right? <laughs> so, I have a, I have well, my wife and I go back and forth on the phone addiction yeah. thing. So. I'm sort of of the very liberal kind of like let the let my kids use it mm. kind of thing, and well, if if they really are addicted, we'll yeah. deal with it. But I'm sort of of this sort of position of this is the tool, the modern, the tool of the modern age. Yeah, mm-hmm. but and, I, I feel like part of the article is talking about how like it's used, you know, as as a pacifier, right? Right, right. So it's like you know your kids throwing a tantrum, you just you know, you 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 give the kid the phone to calm them down, but that's essentially rewarding them, like you know any drug would do to be like, oh, okay, here's, right? You know, or here, yeah, act yeah. up yeah. to get the phone. There, yeah. There's yeah. no accounting for bad bad parenting. I mean, that's we people parents have been doing that since the dawn of time. I mean, whatever it is, whether it's an iPhone or a piece of candy or a, whatever, yeah, TV you know, time. that's that's not Apple's oh. fault or even anything that they can control. What the letter, so this all started with a letter from a, from a group of investors who wrote to Apple and said, you know, you, you're not doing enough to help parents keep, keep, or to help parents limit the time that their children use the phone or the iPad or whatever it is. And that's very true. There aren't any parental controls built into the iPad. So parents need to really pay attention to what their kids are doing and how long they're doing it on Android there's this thing called called Family Link where you can link up your phone with your kid's phone 
And you can set a bedtime, you can set a time limit, you can lock an app, you can lock out apps, you can lock out content. And it's it's fantastic because it helps parents. It's, it's a tool. Yep. It's not going to make you a better parent. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help you know, do things that you want to do. It just makes it a little bit easier to do. And Amazon has a similar thing called um, free time mm-hmm. that also lets you lock out certain content and set timers and bedtimes and things like this. This stuff has, the built, iPhone has been built into like Windows that. for a long time, too. Yes, I, I don't know if Windows yeah. Mobile, but but regular Windows has had parental controls where you can have it's got a day of the week grid and you can just set like mm-hmm. time hours. You can use it between here and then you can use yeah. it for this much time on these days. Uh, to set because they've obviously got multiple user accounts, so you can say this is a kid's account, and then you can set all these things. And it's password protected. I think the does the Mac have? I think the OS ten has it also. It or has Mac OS or whatever you want to call it. It it, it uh, I think it has something like that. It has something like that, but I don't think it's under the guise of parental controls. Right, right. but it does but the, have the, more multi-user things. The bottom line is, kids aren't. My son does not want to use my laptop. He wants to use my phone or his phone or whatever. Right. So it. The fact that these aren't baked into iOS after 11 generations is a little crazy. I don't understand it's, why they've overlooked They're so that. close, too. Uh, Apple has a, a special sort of version of iOS for the iPads in the classroom program. Yes. That lets kids log in as a basically a separate account, and it limits mm-hmm. what they can access and everything. And it's not a stretch from there to build an interface to, to limit Absolutely time not. and all that other stuff. So making that into a consumer-facing thing instead of just a thing for schools, it, it wouldn't be the biggest leap. I mean, that seems like the kind of thing that they could at least have in that first generation in iOS 12. Yeah. No doubt. Know. So uh, I hope that Apple is sort of taking that seriously because definitely, I mean, iPads are the modern, like, sit your kid in front of the TV thing. Yeah. <laughs> like you give your right. kid an it's iPad. Totally, yeah. yeah. And it's better in a way because it's interactive. They're doing something or they can just watch And they're watch learning they this educational watch. stuff. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's even it's, a sign of the times is that, you know, I've known or heard of people who are having kids mm-hmm. and one of the things they put on their baby registry is an iPad. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it's, I mean, Apple has apps for, you know, three to five year olds, six right. above six. I mean, they know kids are actively using these devices. There's yeah. classes at the Apple store yeah. for d- yeah. d- dedicated to kids or geared towards kids. So it's not like they're caught off guard by saying, wait a minute, we don't market to kids. They absolutely market to kids. Yeah. But they just they just don't have that layer of protection on a layer of assistance to, mm-hmm. you know, to to shut down the iPad after an hour or two hours or however long you want to do it. It's just a little more helpful in this age that, you know, parents are working two jobs. You know, we're tired. We don't always monitor what our kids are doing. And they're quiet. So they're using the iPad in the next room. The next thing you know, they're on it for four hours. All right. Yeah. All right. So, so on Facebook, Jim says it's called taking it away and being Yes, I agree. Parent. I agree. So yeah. since you two both yeah. have kids, do you think it's on the parent or on Apple? I think it's on the parent. Uh, I, I very much feel it's, like it's on the parent. Uh, it's my fault. It's my job. And I do right. it. I do it. You know, I take note of what my kid's doing and I take it away. But you would appreciate you get tools. distracted. Yeah. yeah, I just I just want a tool to help. I'm not looking for Apple to to help me parent. I'm right. looking for a, a little assistance. Right. That's I all. mean, it, I think it's a little unreasonable for Apple to expect that you're going to buy a separate iPad just for your kids that only has the kid safe stuff on it and everything That's like true. Like, yeah. uh, and you, what do you, you can't, and you can't lock out the browser and stuff, you know? So uh, 
even just in terms of that, even just in terms of saying like, oh, my kid's going to use the iPad now. Let me just put it into the kid mode or log him into his kid's account so he can't go surf any internet site he wants, so he can't do whatever. You know, because, yeah, sometimes you can sit there and watch everything your kid does on the iPad. And sometimes the whole point of giving them the iPad is so that they sit quietly the way you make dinner. That's (laughs) also true. It'd be interesting. Go ahead. When my son was like around three or something, we you, we subscribed to ABC Mouse mm-hmm. and he would, you know, we would want him to use it for a half hour before he played a game. And I would have to go into guided access, set the triple click on my home button to lock the app into place so he wouldn't go out of it. And it's just it's not intuitive and it, Apple doesn't make it easy for parents. Yeah. So I think uh, I do understand the need for tools. So I have two teenage boys. Yeah. So they're older. They're older. So their usage is different. They're not playing. They're not really even playing they're games anymore. They're looking at naughty it's, websites now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more about actually being in constant contact with their friends. Yeah. 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 So they're constantly chatting. They're constantly uh, on the social networks, going back and forth with each other with their friends. So that's what it is for them. And since they're teenagers... You know, they're a little more devious. So mm-hmm. when they're told not to be on their devices anymore, as soon as we turn our backs, right. they are on their devices. And so that's when we, we need tools that will shut down those devices. Yeah. You know, but I guess or limit, so limit then access. It'd be like saying, you know, would you allow them to chat? Like, you know, what do you consider being on a device? You know, if right, they're just right. texting a friend, is that more the equivalent of talking on the phone see, or or watching or scrolling through Facebook you know what i mean see that that's and, and and maybe it's a little it's a little more personal for me because that's sort of uh an argument that i kind of have with my wife cuz to me if it's social interacting it's different to me, it's different yeah. than, you know, sitting there and playing League of Legends it, all the time. It's, it's different, but as a child of the 90s, my parents limited how much I could use the phone before there were yeah. smartphones. Yeah. You know, so. it's a similar thing. Yeah. yeah. At least until it's like, you know, till your homework's done. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah well, that, of course, that, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so I think this, it, it is incumbent on Apple. It's not like we want them to parent for us, but it is incumbent on them to make tools for parents. If, if, they want to yeah. make a device for a, a, more than a billion people, then it's incumbent on them to make tools for parents to make, to, yeah. to enable parents yeah. to do the parenting they need to do. I think what's even interesting, or I just kind of thought, like, like you guys are all in the tech, you know, tech world, mm-hmm. but think about how many parents whose kids know way more about the phone and technology <laughs> than right. they do. Like, right. like oh yeah, right. it's uh, it's set up, so I, I mm-hmm. can't do it. And then, totally. but they know their parents' password. <laughs> Yeah, well, if they know yeah. your password, then you're... When you're you set doomed. up your phone, that should be one of the things that comes up. Do you want to turn on parent controls? Yeah. You know, I mean, they, that happens when you set up your new cable account. Like, they should they should ask yeah. and alert parents that this... Ex- which it doesn't exist, but once it does, they should ask and, you know, let you see that these exist and do you want to set them up? Mm-hmm. So one thing Just like, like Apple Pay. I've, I've been... Apple doesn't let me uh, leave... Start my phone until I set up Apple Pay. It should be the same thing. So one thing, my just as an example of the savviness, my one thing my boys like to do is when we're in a public place, they like to check for the public Wi-Fi, yeah, or any open Wi-Fi spots. And if yeah. they do find it, about fifty percent of the time they guess the password. 
it's it's kind of remarkable how well <laughs> they can figure out a password. And you know, a lot of times these, you know, that goes to say how insecure these Wi-Fi networks yeah. are. But the fact that I'll, I'll sit there and I go, do you, you figure out the password? And they'll tell me what the password is. I'll be like, yeah, that would have taken me maybe 20 guesses. But the fact that it was one of their first guesses, you know, it just shows how they become a, a little more savvy than yeah. a lot of parents are nowadays. Mm-hmm. Which is so. why we need more tools to stop <laughs> from being so malicious. But th- this is um, so this leads us into our, the, the New York Times article is talking about iPhone addiction completely. Like not kids, but adults yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Farhad Manju, he says that maybe Apple should get, kind of give you a tally. Like in the last 24 hours, you were on your screen, you were looking at your screen for six hours or something, and and make make users aware of just how much they're using their phone, so then they can take those and say, oh my god, I didn't realize I use it that much. Maybe I should put it down for a day or the weekend or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, a lot of services like, you know, gaming services like Xbox Live and stuff like that, they, they'll they send you these, you know, monthly yeah. reports that are these slick, insta, you know, uh, infographics that are generated automatically. And it says like, yeah, oh, you paid this many hours of this game and you got this many achievement points and stuff. Something like that built into iOS, something where you can just go uh, and you could turn on a thing and say every week, yeah. just you're going to pop up a uh cute little infographic that's very apple styled and stuff and mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to apple doesn't even have to market it in the sense of like look how addicted you are they can say like look how much right. you lo- love yeah. these are your favorite apps yeah yeah you spent 19 hours on instagram you know and that would and then maybe that would trigger something in your head that says yeah i mean it, it's, it would I still be incumbent on the user to take that information and apply it Right. Accordingly. The first but, yeah. the first uh, step is admitting you have a problem. Right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he was saying that, you know, they should um like I think there's a Mac app that does that where after like an hour it'll say take a break. Yeah, there's lots of apps on on yeah. PCs that which since they have more access to sort of low level operating system stuff that can limit your time mm-hmm. and right. pop up yeah. things and and those little things, those little phones. alerts they matter. I mean, we get yeah. our stand alerts on our Apple Watch every hour, and we stand up. You exactly, know, they, hey, that's they, a, they, that's they a, help. That is actually a perfect example yeah. of the kind of thing that they could build in as an API. Just like there's a st- stand alert, they could build in an API for the apps that let the user turn on a thing yeah. that says, "If I've been using an app more than X hours." Make my watch ping and say, "Yeah, yeah, two just, hours just on alert, Instagram is enough today." The kid has to get one thousand steps for every thirty minutes of. <laughs> but uh, not phone a kid. Time. I mean, the New York Times article is talking about yeah, adults, that, we're, like we're just about people adults stuck now, yeah. on their phones too much, you know. Uh, and I, I, I could definitely see something like that. That little ping, that little vibration, saying, you know, hey, it's only noon, and you've been on Instagram for two and a half hours. <laughs> Or totally. I'm no, picking on Instagram I mean, all the time, work, yeah. <laughs> but but there's a little difference I think between being on like Instagram or Twitter or something like that for two and a half hours and having two and a half hours of Spotify running because presumably playing music in the background is not right. the same Different, addiction right. yeah. as also true. Yeah. yeah, I'll say that like on weekends when I get to sleep in, I love to just lie in bed after I wake up for like two hours mm-hmm. and just like linger on my phone. Oh, yeah. And yeah. just like totally. you know, melt yeah, away yeah. in bed. Yep. So I don't know where that classifies as like, that's probably the worst of being inactive. You're not even like holding yourself <laughs> upright. You're just. <laughs> I think if it's, you know, if you're waking up on the weekend and having a lazy morning, I think that's fine. I think the problem is when you do something like 
I go to bed, but then I turn on my screen and spend 45 minutes or an yes. hour where I should have been sleeping, mm. scrolling through, it's you know, the, the shopping or whatever I'm doing. That, watching the Bitcoin prices. Right. Stuff that you, <laughs> stuff that can absolutely wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the, the, last, the last thing we do before we go to bed and the first thing we do when we wake up, it's right on our nightstand. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, you know, just to relate to what you're talking about, Dan, that, that two hours I used to spend in bed. <laughs> that I spend in bed watch reading the phone in the morning on the weekends used to be two hours I would spend in bed reading the Sunday paper. Mm-hmm. So uh, to mm-hmm. me, it's just there's yeah. So you can the difference is that now it's changed, now it's yeah. stuff that actually happened today, and then right. the Sunday paper oh, yeah. is like all the stuff that happened yesterday. Maybe you need to like add like a very heavy case. Yeah, and then it's like you know it's exercise because you're holding the, the phone up. Right. Um, and Lighten says Baroque music helps ADHD folks concentrate. So maybe there could be a music element that's just like you know, uh, oh. musical element maybe that forces you to do something or gets you in a different mindset. So something about the structure of yeah, Baroque maybe, music maybe, that yeah. maybe change your mood. I didn't know that. It's like you know, like I'm if you put something that. like irritating on your phone to wake up, maybe it's like all right. <laughs> To turn there on. was uh, recently a, a sort of a viral hack going around to getting, helping people use their phone less, which was you can go into the accessibility things and basically turn make your phone black and white, make your phone completely grayscale, <laughs> mm. which I don't know why that's a exa- quite an accessibility setting. That's not the same thing as colorblindness or whatever, but there is a setting buried in there, and they're like, when you do that, you use your phone less, and I'm like... Well, making my phone crappy is not a great solution <laughs> to using my phone. Right. List. That's really not what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. So maybe there should be like you know an animoji of like uh, your mom wagging her finger at you, and it'll just like pop up and after a certain time, yeah, after time. a certain time, it's like oh, it's my <laughs> yeah. mom nagging me. So. so iPhone addiction. If anybody in the audience has comments or questions, let us know in the yeah. on our Facebook pages and the, Twitter. The, the New York Times article so. raises the specter of is it Apple's moral responsibility to kind of prevent us from being hooked on these phones, yeah. like cigarette makers? I mean, they have a moral responsibility to let us know that it's hazardous to our health. Is it Apple's responsibility to say, listen, you know, you you're using this device too much? I, I, it's it's a tricky it's a tricky question right yeah i mean i think that i think if you say yes to that then you say well it's uh then it's incumbent on tv manufacturers to let you know that you're Mm -hmm. watching too much tv everything enjoyable yeah like anything that anything that some people just do (laughs) way too much of yeah Yeah. is you know yeah so i I don't know if that but i do think they do have a more responsible at the scale they're at now and the popularity they are, I do think they have a more responsibility to provide parental controls that to yeah, help, definitely to help parents parent better. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't see any kind of uh, parental technology or anything like that at, at CES, did we? So from for what? <laughs> oh, is that transitioning? <laughs> this is a lame wow. segue. I saw it so. coming. I saw. I was like, all right, let's see where Roman takes this. Let's see how he does. I was trying to come up with a good segue, but no, that didn't work. So anyways, the, what I, the next topic is the Consumer <laughs> Electronics Show, which finished up last week. Right. Uh, it happens every January, early part of January, the Consumer Electronics Show. For those who aren't familiar, there is a big trade show in Las Vegas the beginning of every year and it's basically the as the, as the name 
has it. It's the uh, a lot of consumer company electronics companies they congregate there and they show off their wares for the next year. Mm-hmm. It's mostly you know it's a trade show. Yeah. So it's companies meeting with other companies to talk about technologies and partnerships and things like that. But the media tends to descend upon L.A. or Las Vegas to uh, talk about what's new and what's happening there. And I was shooting the video there. Dan was there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all the – every new TV that's going to come out this year, you know, even if it's six months away, they've got their prototype there and stuff. Uh, and it's a lot of smart home stuff. That's that's a big thing. So it's yeah. a lot of audio gear, like you know, yeah. stereo equipment, stuff like that. A lot of AV stuff. A lot of TVs. A lot. Of, it's never been a big show for Apple, except for in a very secondhand right. way. Like this works with your yeah. iPhone kind of smart to stuff. This, yeah, this Bluetooth speaker works with your iPhone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but they they have in the past and mm-hmm. uh, leading up to the last couple of years. I mean, they do control the buzz the direction i mean the ipad came out in january in 2010 the iphone there's always something that apple has that kind of that that kind of steers the conversation at ces right, right. second that's, second hand i mean it's not like apple yeah. goes apple ignores ces right. in the biggest way but there's usually there's usually something where everyone's talking about the latest iphone yes not right. iphone the latest apple blank what's everyone going to do like it was Apple didn't have the first smartwatch, but after the Apple Watch was announced, smartwatches were like, everybody's going, how are yep. we going to compete with this? What are we going to do? What's our answer to the Apple Watch? You know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. It's it's also not much of a software uh, conference. No, so no not you don't. So It's very much hardware. Regarding yeah. Roman Segway, uh, <laughs> yeah. was there any <laughs> software for the, for the iPhone? Not really. Frontal not, not stuff. That, no. That we saw. But there have been a couple analysts, and I think one was, was it Ben Badgerin? Is that how you say his last name? Ben Badgerin? Okay. Was saying that <laughs> the uh, Apple influence this year was probably at its lowest yeah, it's ever been at CES. Yeah, I feel that way. Uh, so the big, well, the buzz, the big buzz thing, there's always sort of one trend. And the big trend yeah. was the assistance stuff, like yeah. Alexa right. being baked into everything or yep. supported by everything. Google Assistant being a big, like coming out real strong at the show. A lot of stuff supporting, you know, Google's um, sort of AI platform. And HomeKit and Siri were kind of left out of the conversation. It's funny because if you go look at the stuff announced, there's more HomeKit stuff now coming than ever before. Mm. Ever since they got rid of that hardware requirement, they used to have to have a hardware sort of um, authentication chip in HomeKit stuff, and now there's a software solution that's made it easier. There's more HomeKit stuff, but still they're just being dwarfed completely by the amount of stuff that supports Alexa and Google Assistant. It's not even close. I mean, it's it's way, way, way out there. And a lot of the yeah. stuff that does support HomeKit also supports the other things, right? Yeah. It's just, it's a different, They using Alexa, using Google Assistant, and using Siri, they're just such disparate experiences. And for mm-hmm. the first time, and I, I can't remember when, I mean, Apple really trails in the, just the ease of use and the whole, the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Like using Siri, in my in my opinion, I have a bunch of smart home stuff. I have locks, I have lights, I have um, doorbells and cameras. I have, a, I have a ton of stuff in my house. It's all controlled through Alexa, even on my iPhone. Like I just, yep. I, I used them all, I tried them all. And the voice stuff is is leaps and bounds beyond Siri. But 
you know, even the just the app itself, adding skills and adding these things, it, I just I found the whole thing to be easier, more pleasant, and just more reliable. Yeah, than, there is um, no Siri sort of Siri app saying like add right. add add-ins to Siri. There's there's the home app for your home kit home stuff, app, yeah. and th- that works in a very particular way. That's like it yes. will detect the stuff, the home kit stuff you have. And you put them in rooms and you make scenes and you... And it looks pretty. It looks pretty and it does some really... There's some automation stuff you can do that's really, really cool. Like you can make it so that when I... When it detects that I come home just by the location of my phone or when it detects that everybody has come home, you know, because you can add multiple people and stuff, turn on the lights and unlock this door and whatever. When it hits this time of day and I'm not home, turn on... Yeah. So, I mean, you can do this with other stuff, but that's really all Apple's doing, like, in that arena is that and not the million other things that And that's not even all that innovative. I mean, I come home and my lock unlocks when I'm within Bluetooth range and Mm -hmm. my light goes on when I'm in. It does the same thing. And I don't have to jump through an app and add a thing and do, you know, a whole other layer of annoyance. You know, I, I go to my Alexa app, I, I hit the button, I add a light, I set what I want to call it, and that's it. And it, it's, it takes me 30 seconds. It works nearly flawlessly. Yep. And I just, I have no reason to even consider using Siri anymore. It's it's a little, in my from what I've tried, it's a little easier. Um, if I wanted to do something like, say, when I'm not home, leave my living room lights on until midnight and then turn them off. Right. If I wanted to do, but if I'm home, don't, don't do anything like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Doing that kind of thing is a lot easier in the home app than okay. figuring out how to do it with like, say Alexa or Google assistant. But that's really all the yeah. advantage that Apple has. And you, you're weighing that against the absolute mountain of stuff yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Alexa and Google assistant do. But I think, and work you with. know, I think it's because Apple is trying to be proactive and make sure that Siri's not too addictive. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what it is. If they go to if they make it too good, people are going to complain. Yeah, exactly. We use it too much. So I'm just wondering, you know, Mike, as someone who's implemented Alexa throughout their house, have you done a lot of smart? Uh, I've I use Google Assistant for all my smart home stuff. Okay, but I have yeah, done I do have, I have quite a few lights and a couple of sensors yeah. and. Uh, haven't done the lock yet because the lock didn't fit my handle. Mm. I have to get a new lock. Um, but I have some. I have some cameras too, and the ring doorbell and uh-huh. stuff like that. I haven't done anything because the infrastructure in my house is kind of a mess because my house is old and mm. San Francisco, and it's just a hodgepodge. <laughs> yeah, so. I, w- I would like to have had Nest. I would like to have like added doorbell. I'm like, if you have that on your doorbell, then I'm like, oh, this guy's a techie. That's like you want to rob that person. It has. Um, <laughs> so. It has virally spread throughout my neighborhood. Like, so I live in the Ooh. suburbs, and ri- the ring doorbell thing is like spreading like wildfire because yeah. they now have a thing where you can anything you see you can like publish to your neighborhood. Yeah, you can yeah. say yeah. with a little message. Oh, this guy came to my door, but he right. wasn't delivering anything. He was just looking in the windows. Look out for this guy, and then you can publish that, and everybody gets a little hmm. alert and stuff, and everybody. You know, neighbors are telling neighbors, "Oh, I have this mm-hmm. doorbell, and it and it's uh, I can see what what's yeah. going on on my phone when I'm not there, and yeah. every and it's their one hundred and forty nine dollars at Home Depot or something, 
And so my neighborhood is just people buying up ring doorbells like crazy. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's my, um, that's probably my favorite. I have a ring doorbell and I have the ring floodlight for the front of my house and they're both mm-hmm. awesome. I have the floodlight in my backyard mm-hmm. and yeah, they're both awesome. My, my one complaint is that ring does not really work with any, they don't work with Alexa either, right? As yeah. They, well, they do and they don't. Before I got the echo spot, mm-hmm. it, there was no point because I couldn't see anything. But right. now I can say, uh, Alexa, show me my um, my front door, and it'll pop up on the screen. Oh, okay. So they, yeah. So, but it, but there is a, even a thing like you can. Um, the it's not. Uh, they keep promising Google Assistant integration, and they haven't turned it on yet at all. Okay. So I mean, can't do unless you have a screen attached, there's not a lot you can do with the yeah. doorbell at that least. There, there's you can ask things like when was the last time somebody rang my doorbell or okay, when was, sure. the, yeah, when you, was yeah. uh, you know the last time it triggered motion or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you could do it on your phone. It'd be nice to be able to not pop open the app and stuff. But still, yeah, yeah those are great products. I love them. The Ring stuff is great. So I'm wondering at this point, is it is it fair to say that it's too late for the HomePod? Oh, I mean, if no, I don't think so. For the first, I mean, the first incarnation of it is going to be kind of blah or kind of meh, as we right. say. I have a hard, I, yeah, I have a hard time believing that it's going to come out and we're going to think anything other than like, yeah. Well, it plays music from Apple Music, nice, and other than that, why are you spending three forty nine? Three forty nine. Is that yeah. enough to kill it though? No, well, no, it's it. They they need to have this product. It needs to be there. So yeah. I. I I think it's their the tip of the spear, and then you know they've got time to update it. They've got time to, I mean, yeah. software. Nothing wrong with it. That can't be fixed with software update, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, it, they do need a cheaper one. Although Apple has never really been one to like play in the race to the bottom, but I do think they need probably like they, a yeah, one forty nine model, yeah, at least one hundred and fifty dollars. And I yeah. think that it doesn't make any sense until they move it beyond the it plays music great. Sphere. And I, yeah, I think it's really also going to need to have a, a screen because that's where everything's going as well. I mean, they're way behind in that arena. Yeah, I don't want a screen on any of my, like, <laughs> like I have the Google Home and I, I think about should should that have a screen? I'm like, no, no, God, no. <laughs> I, really I, have, I have an Echo Spot in my kitchen and I love it. Yeah, I can wake up as I as I make my coffee. I kind of look at it to see they they have like trending news and they have weather and stuff. It's it's the the screen just adds a whole other element for for me. Hmm. I, I like it a lot. Do we have any dates about more about when it would be coming out? No. There was a report no. in Mac Rumors that <laughs> said they were shipping it to Apple, the company that's manufacturing them, or shipping them to yeah. Apple. So maybe three to six weeks. I don't know. Yeah. Soon. I imagine before, Apple before April? will have an event before it yeah, launches. Yeah. I, I imagine the hardware is basically set. Yeah. Right? Everything yeah. is now just yeah. software. Everything is, I, I imagine a larger software. part of it is Siri features. Siri features. Get, um, yeah. And uh, they still really haven't gotten the, they haven't fully baked the uh, next generation of AirPlay. Right. Like it's only right. Right. sort of partially implemented in iOS. And that's really a critical part of the HomePods thing because you're supposed to be able to, play music synced in multiple rooms and gang them together and stuff like that. So um, I think there's another point release of iOS that needs to be released as well to make it all the 
fully fleshed out AirPlay 2 features. Yeah, I think it's 2.5 is what they're up to now. They think they jumped to 2.5, I think. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that, but I think so. And I, yeah, I think that on March, there'll be some kind of an event, whether it's the iPad, whether it's the iPhone SE, whether it's an Apple Watch bands or whatever they do in, in the spring. And it'll likely be part of that mm. yep. event. Yeah. So sometime this year, probably. This but I, I don't. I just don't think it's going to be a, a, a huge seller. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm oh. wrong. Maybe they'll sell them like crazy. But I don't. I, I don't even see if it. it was great at three forty nine, it's not going to sell huge. What's what's that selling like crazy are those like the, the cheap echoes. Yeah, the that Echo are, Dot. Yeah. Forty nine dollars when you're already yeah. buying something at Amazon, and they go like, "Hey, forty nine dollars, yeah. get this thing." Yeah. yeah, that's and they were they were thirty over Christmas, along with Google Mini. So we got Google Home Mini. Yeah, they, I mean, they they sell millions of those things. Yep. Yeah, and at CES, it seems like a lot of the new Google Assistant uh, devices that have like the screen on it. Yeah. Um, those seem to be priced around like two hundred. So yeah, the ones that they've yeah. shown that that yeah. are kind of like tablets, kind of like. Yeah, standing things and stuff. Yeah, those seem Echo, really interesting. Yeah, the Echo Show is around two two twenty nine, I think. And yeah, that so it's, it's like that's a, a much lower price point. Right. Yeah, and you get a screen. Yeah, and you get a screen. Yeah. That and that said, how much is the Google Home Max? How much is that's that's four hundred? That's four hundred dollars. Yeah. So yeah, that's so the premium audio product, mm. and then uh, I think the Sonos One is. 200 bucks to that one's cheap that's two i think yeah, 200, 200 bucks. Yeah. yeah so i can see apple making something more in line with the sonos one in terms of like still being kind of premium audio compared to you know the hundred dollar echoes and stuff but now i don't think they're gonna race to make 50 yeah i mean dollars. but if you're just strictly doing home stuff mm-hmm. the echo uh dot which you could have gotten for thirty dollars not too long ago. It does yeah. everything you need. Oh yeah. There's no. I mean, it it doesn't sound as good, but other than that, it's the same device as a three hundred fifty dollar HomePod or a um, you know any of these. Yeah. That's why they're you know that, that, it's a great uh, kind of introduction to, and then just like Apple does with with all this iOS, that's how Amazon gets you locked into its Alexa Echo ecosystem. Yeah. It's it's brilliant. Have any of you guys heard the uh, the Google Max device? Does it does it sound no. as good as a as a Sonos? Uh, uh, system? No, but supposedly um, they they have been re- they've just started shipping and they've been reviewed oh, by a few okay. few folks yeah. and they sound better than your two hundred dollars Sonos ones and stuff. They sound like a okay. really good high quality huh. kind yeah. of bookshelf That's speaker. You know, uh, we sound. we have a review coming on Tech Hive at some point, but I I yep. haven't um I haven't listened to one yet either. Yeah, yeah. they are. It, it is by all accounts a substantial smart yeah. speaker. It is heavy. It's yeah. big. It's you know, and it uh, kicks out great sound. Very very loud. Cool. Cool. Well, I think that just about does it for this week's episode of the MacWorld Podcast. I'd like to thank Mike over in the East Coast. Thank you, Mike. I got to go shovel now. He's got to go yeah. shovel some stuff. How much snow did you get? So. Not that much. Only about, probably about four to four to six inches. So that but my kid still, that, I, I still had makes, my kid home with me all that day. That already hurts me to hear that. <laughs> That's only earned you 15 minutes of, of playtime on your phone. Yes. For that work. So. I'd like to thank Jay. Jason. Good to have you in the studio. Thank you. Thanks to Dan, our producer. Yep, thank you, everyone. And I'd like to thank the audience. Thank you for tuning in. 
Thank you for your comments and questions. We'll be back next week with the Macworld Podcast. <laughs>